Yes, it's Monday. It's time to talk about ghosts and maybe not sing so much. How are you all doing, guys? I'll leave a pause for your reply. Really? Maybe you should see a doctor about that. No, I'm glad that you're all well, if you are indeed well. And if you're not, don't worry. We're going to talk about ghosts for 30 minutes and that'll cheer you up. It should do anyway, because we're all paranormal fans. I will just reiterate a message I said last week. So if there's any newcomers, because you've watched cursed films and you've seen the name of the podcast run along the bottom of your screen like a naughty little man, then um, you're probably not going to enjoy this show because you probably think Kevin Eustace from Cursed Films is Johnny Serious. And he is on his other podcast, The Dark Paranormal, which is probably more up your street. But that said, if you're now intrigued by whoever this person is, which is still me, by all means, stay around. But if not, I would suggest you go to The Dark Paranormal. That's all cleared up. We have a great show for you today. We've got some of your true listener ghost stories, which is obviously the bread and butter of the show. Thank you to everyone who reached out after I'd done a call to action to have some more stories sent in. You've done that in your droves and we still want more. So if you have a spooky story that you want me to read out, for that's how the show works, send an email to contact at talkaboutghosts.com. And what I'll do, you see, is I'll read it out. Yeah, bit of a transactional thing all done by the medium of voice. So yes, so before we get into this week's paranormal review and then onto your true listener ghost stories and then we take a visit to Becca's Reddit corner where she tells us a ghost story that's been put up on Reddit in the last 24 hours, hours, hours. I, of course, need to say thank you to our wonderful new Patreons. We love all our Patreons, but we sing songs for the new ones. Yes, we do. When you sign up to Patreon, not only are you supporting this small independent podcast, you are also getting access to over 200 episodes of paranormal content. What we do is really we release two episodes every week, one on a Wednesday or Thursday, sometimes on a Friday, which is just me having a ramble about life in general where I try to make you laugh. And on a Sunday, we have a paranormal podcast. Yes, we do. And this week's paranormal podcast, we did have a good laugh. Me and Becca discussed the devil himself and how he has tried to make England and Scotland and Wales and Ireland his home and failed, largely down to being bone-effing idle. Genuinely, it was a good laugh. What you need to do is go to patreon.com forward slash we need to talk about ghosts. And when you do, not only will you get access to all of those shows and binge them to your heart's content, because we're from Yorkshire now, um, I also sing your name out as a bit of a thank you. Am I going to do that now? The guitar is well and truly out, and we have four wonderful new Patreons to say thank you to today. We have Donna, Catherine Williams, Stephen Mooney, and Jodie Bowling. And this little finger picky song is for you. Oh, yeah. Donna, Catherine Williams, and Stephen Mooney, and Jodie Bowling. You've signed up to the Patreon and I want to say thank you. End it on a seventh because otherwise the devil appears and he refuses to let you go anywhere. Naughty devil. Anyway, thanks guys. If you want to sign up to Patreon, go to patreon.com forward slash we need to talk about ghosts. Now let's have a paranormal review, shall we? Yes, it's time for a paranormal review. I review the paranormal so you don't have to. Pause for the insults. There we go. Now, basically, this is a bit different because I'm only a quarter of the way through the book. So it's a bit of a, 
a premature review, but up to now, it's brilliant. It's an audiobook by the name of The Devil Is Afraid of Me. And it's basically a memoir or a series of memoirs by the Vatican exorcist, Father Gabriel Amorth. And it's both informative, terrifying, and also interesting on a very, very, very scary level. And if you don't believe me, here is the blurb. We can do nothing against you because you are too protected. So declared a frustrated host of devils to Father Gabriel Amorth, the priest exorcist in Rome, who spent 30 years battling the devil and his minions performing over 60,000 exorcisms. All the while, he deftly used modern media to awaken our disbelieving modern culture, and even awaken the church to the reality of the devil and his nefarious actions at all times and everywhere. In this eye-opening book, angelologist Father Marcello Stanzioni tells the fascinating story of Father Amorth and his life as an exorcist. You'll learn of his daily schedule and how he managed to perform dozens of exorcisms each week. You'll find out what his exorcism room looked like and how various devils respond to his bold practice. Best of all, they say, you'll hear Father Amorth's own startling explanations of many truths about the devil that our culture has forgotten and about the canny methods the deceiver has adopted in recent years to corrupt believers and unbelievers alike. We can do nothing against you because you're too protected, cried the devils that Father Amorth battled. Let Father Amorth teach you in this book how you too can be protected. So that sounds good, doesn't it? I haven't yet got to any of those parts yet, and I haven't got to the part where he tries to imply that Harry Potter is in fact occultish and devilish, and you shouldn't let your kids read it. Because let's all be honest, that's bollocks. So up to now, it's two thumbs up to the sky as a review. It may change going forward when he starts saying, yoga is the practice of the devil, the flexible devil. So we'll see how we get on. But up to now, two thumbs to the sky. And now it's time for my favourite part of the show, where we get to talk about your true paranormal experiences. Hurrah! Don't forget, if you've got a paranormal experience, send it in to contact at talkaboutghosts.com. Just like our next emailer has, a wonderful person by the name of Millie, and they write, Hi Kevin, hi Millie. I'm a new fan of the podcast, thank you. I love listening to real life experiences, and it's inspired me to share some stories with you. You can use one, all, or none. Well, I'm going to use all of them, Millie. Thank you. And Millie writes... When I was six, my mum moved into a new house. It was only us two, and the house was a normal terraced house. I'm not sure how long we'd been in the house before the first experience happened. First, I will explain the layout of my old room. My door was next to the top of the stairs, and I always slept with my door open. My bed was on the back wall, next to the window. The door was at the bottom of my bed, but a good distance away, maybe ten steps away. I remember jolting away for some unknown reason, staring intently at the door, and whilst looking at the door, an old lady walked into my room. I was frozen. I couldn't move, and I couldn't scream. All I could do was stare and scream internally. As she got closer to me, I finally managed to scream, calling for my mum. The old lady was startled and ran out of the room, and my mum ran in a few seconds later. I was crying and shaking. My mum placed me in her bed and I slept there for many years after. I was far too scared to go back in my own room. Life was kind of quiet for a while, with a few noises here and there. When I was in my teens, 
things started happening again. I remember being about maybe 15 or 14 and mobile phones had become a thing. I was sat up texting a friend of mine. My room was dark and I kept the curtains open, so my room was lit by moonlight. I had no TV on, as I was trying to be quiet so my mum wouldn't know I was awake. Then I heard footsteps on the landing and at the top of the stairs, next to my door, which was open. I hid my phone under the covers but heard nothing. No one going down the stairs. Weird. I carried on texting, assuming my mum had gone to the toilet. Then, again, I heard the footsteps of someone walking outside my door. This was weird. I got a text from my mum asking me why I was walking around on the landing. I froze in fear. I texted her back saying I thought it was her walking around. I managed to get some courage to walk to my mum's room to speak with her. No one was on the landing or downstairs, as my mum went downstairs to check. Not much happened to me. I heard noises, I felt things. Items went missing only to turn up on the floor next to me. But it seems my mum had a lot happen to her, and still does. She would wake to someone sitting on her bed, a phantom hand tickling her feet, and heavy breathing down her ears. I've since moved to a new house on my own, but my mum remains in the house, and she still experiences weird things. Wow, Millie, that's amazing. Very scary, very terrifying. And I can't think of much more frightening things than assuming a sound is someone. You know, when you can hear someone moving around or moving furniture or cutlery or even, as you've put it, just walking up and down the landing and you think, I know who that is. It's all good here. And then you open the door and no, 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 there is no one there. I mean, we're in the new house now, fully moved in, out of the flat. We can never return. We've given the keys back. But in that old flat, as you will have heard me say many a time, there's been, or there was times when me and Becca were sat on the couch upstairs in the living room and we'd hear someone coming up the stairs or something would be dropped on the stairs or we'd be in the bedroom of a night and we'd hear what we thought was the cat clawing up the carpet on the stairs and we'd look over and the cat was at our feet in like just as interested as we were in what the noise was. So yes, that sounds absolutely petrifying, Millie. And then Millie writes, I do have a bonus if you want. And yes, Millie, we do. This is Millie's bonus story. This one is a mix of paranormal and spiritism. Firstly, I want to start before I was born, in my nan's house. It wasn't an old house, it was part of a new estate, built in the 80s maybe. It's split over three levels, with the living room and the smallest bedroom on the same level. The ceilings in the living room are high, so high you'd need a ladder to reach them. So bear this in mind. My nan's sister had come over one night, and they were all just chilling in the living room, when my nan's sister started freaking out and running around the living room. Everyone in the room was bewildered and had no idea what was going on. When she calmed down, she told my nan that she saw a red-eyed demon in the corner of the ceiling. The ceiling is at least 15 feet high, and there's no way anyone could be there. No one else saw it, but she was so sure it was there. She leaves and nothing happens. A few weeks go past and my nan is in bed. My granddad had died a few years prior and my nan had remarried. So she was asleep with my step-granddad next to her. Now my nan's room is on the top floor. 
She wakes only to see these red eyes staring at her when it starts to strangle her. She screams, Mick, Mick, the name of my dead granddad, when this light comes from the door and blinds her. When she's able to see again, the red-eyed demon is gone. Now, I'm not sure if this is linked or not, but ever since I remember there's been a gold oval mirror on the living room wall. This mirror is on the same wall that my nan's sister saw the demon in the ceiling corner. Since being a child, and only learning this story in my teens, I've always had this weird sense about that mirror, but more the reflection. I never saw anything that I can remember anyway, but I always had an uneasy feeling. Fast forward a few years ago and my uncle died. We were devastated, having lost my nan a few years before. This was a bad time. So me, my mum and my auntie all started to attend the spiritualist church. Nothing happened out of the normal, until this one time we went to a different group. The medium stopped on me and mentioned about jewellery and about me making something, which my uncle had a broken sovereign ring and I wanted to make it into a necklace, which was a kind of weird thing to hear. But what sticks with me is the sudden mention of a mirror. I was intrigued. Unsure what he'd mean, but a certain oval mirror did come to mind. I keep quiet and I don't mention anything about the mirror. I merely nod for him to carry on. He then goes on to say about always having an uneasy feeling with a certain mirror, but not to worry as nothing would harm me. I can't remember much else, but I did find this very weird to bring up. Why bring up a mirror? I know you'll probably think, well, mirrors can be a general fear, but he did mention other details I can't recall at the moment, which were very specific. I understand not everyone believes in spiritualism, but sometimes you do have to wonder. Hope you like these stories. I look forward to all the new stuff you do. Love, Millie. Well, Millie, Millie, Millie. Wow. You know what? I mean, maybe it's just an 80s thing, but we had an oval mirror. And when you said an oval gold mirror, yeah, maybe it was just a big 80s thing, but we had one that used to freak me out, genuinely. It was in the hallway, and it was like, um, it wasn't like thick-rimmed gold. It was kind of like long sheets of thin wire. Now, what's a better way of describing it? You know, like the way, uh, you know, cutlery, you've got a knife of cutlery. Imagine that was gold, and it was bent into curly, into curly like scrolls, if you like, on either side, and then stuck to an oval mirror. It was like that, and it always used to freak me out. Always did. Something wasn't right with it. So maybe in the 80s, there was just a general curse of golden oval mirrors. I do not know. But mirrors are spooky anyway. And there's an interesting thing. Um, do you know, I think it's Japan maybe, or Korea. There's kind of a superstition that you should never have mirrors facing because it opens up a portal. Well, we've just got some redecoration going on in this house because it's new. And we've had fitted wardrobes fitted, and one of them's got a giant floor-to-ceiling mirror on it, which is great, brilliant, dead good for someone as vain as me. However, we've also got these little intricate, long, I don't know what you call them, they're like, I don't know, mahogany tie racks or something that Becca got through a mum. And they're directly opposite that. But I like them because if I look in one mirror, I can see the back of my head in the other. So, you know. But it did get me thinking, shit, I could be inadvertently making our bedroom some sort of demonic portal.
which, let's be honest, would be very Kev. Anyway, Millie, thank you so much for your stories. They are great. It's exactly what we like to hear right from the horse's mouth. I'm not calling you a horse, but we do love these type of stories. So thank you very much. And if you have any more, do send them in. And like everyone else can too, to the email address, contact at talkaboutghosts.com. Our next emailer is by the name of Franz. Hello, Franz. And Franz writes, hello, Kevin. Hello. Becca. Hello. And of course, the neighbour's kitty cat. Oh, that was a very uh, questioning cat. Mmm, I'm suspicious, she would say. My name is Franz and I live in the Netherlands. You can use my first name if you'd like, but you'll probably read this part after you've already spoke the sentence above. Yes, I have. Well done. Well perceived and well predicted. Yes, I am a tit. Well picked out. Thank you, Franz. I like your podcast and listen to every episode and I'm always waiting for the next one to come out. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you, Franz. But I'm writing this email because I wanted to share my paranormal experiences with you. First of all, my father always told us that in 1983, after the passing of my grandfather on my mother's side, he saw his apparition on the stairs. When he had to take a leak one night, he was frozen stiff. And my grandfather told him, everything will be alright. And then he vanished. This happened seven years before I was born. Now that's a good one. I mean, again though, it's that weird thing, isn't it, where... Would you be terrified? I mean, I would. Like your dad, I would definitely be terrified if a dead relative of mine appeared. I'd be terrified. And then if they went, don't be scared, and just got off, I'd be like, what was the point in that? What benefit is that? Do you know what I mean? But, you know, these things happen, apparently. So now for Fran's experiences. The first one was in 1997. I was in preschool. Here we call it Bassist School. And we just moved from one village to another. I was a chubby kid and was bullied a lot. And on that day, I wanted to stand up for myself. So I kicked the bully between the legs and got on the bike and cycled away as hard as I could before he came chasing after me. I turned into the right street and there was a long road. I looked back to see if the bully was coming my way. And when I turned again to look forward, there was a car right in front of me. And he was speeding far above the speed limit. He hit his brakes 10 meters in front of me Then everything turned black. The next thing I know, I was standing on the sidewalk with my bike in my hand. The car just stopped and a woman was screaming because she thought I was hit by the car. Even now, I still don't know what happened in those seconds my vision turned black. That is brilliant. What the hell was that then? That must have been some sort of angel. Somebody just grabbing you and taking you out of harm's way. It's dead weird that... You know, you close your eyes, cycling towards a car, and the next thing you remember, you're stood still holding your bike. What? I wonder what the driver saw. I wonder if he closed his eyes too. Interesting. I wonder, and this is a very far-fetched theory, but I wonder if an angel or some sort of do-good spirit is trying to do some good, it can only do it if no one sees. Bear with me on this. Let's imagine that Franz, the driver of the car, and the woman who's witnessing the whole thing, all close their eyes at the point of impact. Maybe then and only then is something able to whisk them away to safety. So when they open their eyes, they go, well, no one saw anything. What the fuck? What the living frig? I don't know. Let's get on with our day to the bakery. Maybe they won't shout that, but you know what I mean? It's just a theory. Anyway, Franz carries on. The second one was in 2002. My grandfather on my father's side had passed the year before and I was laying in bed one night with my eyes closed trying to get some sleep 
when suddenly I hear a whisper in my ear. You're going to be all right. I got shocked and spooked as I was 12 years old at that time and I didn't know what to think. After a couple of minutes, I was calmed down again and tried to get some sleep. And again, the voice returned and said to me, live your life your way. Interesting. Very interesting indeed. But again, it's that thing, you know, if you're sitting there fine or if you stood there fine or if you're in your own bedroom, fine, just falling asleep. And like my dead nan appears and goes, don't be afraid. I'll be like, I wasn't fucking afraid. I was fine. Then you, the ghost, turned up and now I'm afraid. And you can tell me not to be afraid till you're blue in the face, Nan. But I'm now shitting myself. Thank you, Nana. It's a bit like if, you know, like if you're walking home late alone down a like dark, lonely road at 2am in the morning and you're thinking, I hope there's no muggers around. It's the same premise. Let's say if I dressed up in a balaclava and as you're walking home on your own at two in the morning and feeling all vulnerable, I jump out of a bush in a balaclava and go, I'm absolutely no danger to you. You wouldn't appreciate it, would you? No, no, no. You wouldn't go, phew, thank you. You'd be like, well, why, are you, why did you feel the need to do that? I was fine. Why did you do that? Anyway, that's my theory on it. But Franz carries on. He has, of course, a third story. The last one was in 2013. I was working the night shift at that time in a factory as a senior operator. I work by machines that were grinding talc stone to talc powder. And I hear a woman saying, Hey, come here, help me. To explain why this was so strange, my team were all only men. So I turned around and walked that way. And suddenly it felt like it was freezing. And it was midsummer and at least 20 degrees outside. I walked away and was at the door to outside when I heard the same female voice again say, See you next time. After that, I never heard the voice of the woman again, or that man that I heard in 2002. Maybe it's because I think differently now about the paranormal, and it doesn't scare me anymore, but who knows. I hope you like my stories, and who knows, maybe I'll hear it on one of your next episodes. Yes, you will, friends. This one, actually. Keep up the podcast and the interesting subjects in We Need to Talk About Ghosts and the Dark Paranormal. It's always fun to listen to. Kind regards, friends. Well, thank you, Franz. What an interesting series of stories you've given us to think about there. And yeah, I love that. So thank you. If you've got a story similar to Franz, doesn't have to be identical, of course, that would be plagiarism. But if you have got a scary story, send it into contact at talkaboutghosts.com. Length is irrelevant, as I like to say to any sexual partners. Um, no, but seriously, length of the story is irrelevant. As long as it's spooky and it makes an interesting thought-provoking topic, we will read it out. Now, <laughs> I was going to segue into that by saying, speaking of partners, but she is my partner. What can I say? You know, it's a genuine seg- a segue. You know, I-, I won't say the sexual word because let's not turn this into an R-rated podcast. But um, yes, it's about time that we do head over to my partner's lair where she likes to live in a corner and talk about things she finds on Reddit. And I'll be perfectly honest, she doesn't like to do any of this. I kind of make her do it. But either way, Let's go and see Becca in her paranormal Reddit corner. Ladies and gentlemen, now it is time for Paranormal Reddit Corner with Becca. Welcome to... Oh, I can't even do that part. It's you two did the instructions, isn't it? It is, yes. It's my corner. It is your corner. So what have you got for us today then, Beck? I have a story. Hooray! Ghost story. 
that's kind of... What, what you like, isn't it? Yeah, it ties in. To, yeah, we need to talk about ghosts. Got yeah. your ghost story. That sounds amazing. Good. And you, and you, did you find this on Reddit, did you, all by yourself? All <laughs> by myself, yeah. Yeah, I didn't. Did you know the... Uh, well, I bet you haven't read it either. I haven't read it. It just looked, it fitted <laughs> on a page. Yeah. yeah, zero research. That was my criteria. Yeah. Keeps the spontaneity, hey? Hey, why not? Hey. Say hey again. Why? Is that cute? Keeps the spontaneity, hey. Hey. You making fun of me, Riz? I'm not making fun of you, Riz. Go on. Tell us a story, Beck. Welcome to Reddit Corner with Becca. Lovely. You've um, you've cut off the title list, so I can't see what the title is. Well, so you can to... you can christen it a name for the story after you've read it. Okay. Yeah? Let's begin. Let's. Don't interrupt me. I won't. So to preface this, I was about seven to ten years old. I can't remember the exact age, and my sister and mum were on a girls-only vacation with my extended family. My dad and I were the only ones home. I shared a room with my sibling, and it was at the very end of our hallway. I could see straight down into the living room, and partially into my dad's gaming room slash office. My bed was on the wall, right ahead of the door, so I could see the aforementioned rooms from my perspective, but my sister couldn't, for example. Regardless, his office was close enough to my room that I could see about half of his monitor. So I'd gotten into my bed and I vividly remember trying to go to sleep when all of a sudden I heard a noise on my window blinds to the right of me. It sounded like they were moving, but things make noise, right? Well, for some reason, I remember feeling urged to look and it still freaks me out to this day. Directly in the middle of the window, the blinds formed the outer shape of an eye. I saw it make the shape. Imagine a sideways and it's got both an open and a closed brackets together mm. and it was that shape it had made in case anyone doesn't know the shape of an, of an eye. eye yeah as it was night time it looked like a black void just staring at me i was so frozen when this happened i didn't know what to do i remember thinking that this had to be a dream but as i peeked into my dad's gaming room i saw he was on the ex- the same exact part of the game i was watching him play before going to bed i always watched him play video games the shape didn't move the shape didn't make any noise except for when it formed and the window was closed, so there was no possible way this happened from the outside. I remember just being in so much shock that I put my blankets over my head and went to sleep. <laughs> that old, that old Annie's. Well, I do when I'm in shock as well. Have a nap. <laughs> when I woke up, it was gone. I still have no idea what I witnessed, but that is probably one of the only things that's happened in my life I can't explain. I'm sorry if I gave a little too much detail, but I tried to paint a picture so you could imagine what I saw. The end? The end. And what are you going to title that story, Becca? Eye of the Blinds. Eye of the Blinds. Rising up, scaring the kids. The Eye of the Blinds, yeah? Yeah. Okay. So what do you make of that, Becca, more importantly? Well, what first jumped out with me is like, that confused me when it says, it sounded like they were moving. Well, for some reason, I remember feeling the urge to look and it still freaks me out to this day. Like, if I hear a noise, I look. I think that's like a really human yeah. response. Like, yeah, no, of course you look when there's noise. And you say like, yeah, things make noise. Okay, things do make noise. Like a house will make noise and like the boiler will make noise and things yeah. like that. But like, a stationary object doesn't just make noise. <laughs> like, no, that's a good point, yeah. Yeah, so I think that's reasonable that you would look. So I kind of feel like you're losing credibility with that. Um, why why is it a thing that I peeked into my dad's gaming room, I saw he was on the exact same part of the game. Like maybe he was just struggling with that bit. Maybe it was a boss or something. I don't know. Well, like, maybe why he, is that? he fell asleep. Why is that? Like what's that supposed to do with I think he's trying to imply like the reality paused. I think from listening to that. He's trying to say like 
Because he was only just been trying to go to sleep. He hadn't even fallen asleep yet. He was still trying to go to sleep. So he's watching his dad play video games, as mm. he does of a night. Goes to bed, trying to fall asleep. Is a noise from the blinds, looks, sees this eye shape, and looks, and his dad's on the same part of the game, and that's supposed to be significant. Yeah, but I, I don't know. Maybe I think he's trying to just imply... Or is he trying to... He's either trying to imply that not much time had passed, as in to say, this all happened very quickly, mm-hmm. or that his dad's in some sort of trance and just holding the controller. That's a leap. <laughs> just no, that's also, what, you completely made that up out of what, nowhere. Yeah, but that's what I went with first. What? I, that's I genuinely went with. You've interpreted from him being just saying it, my dad was on the same part of the game. You've yeah. interpreted. He was oh, in a therefore he's probably in a deep probably trance. in a deeper cult trance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Welcome to my world. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's weird. Um, yeah, that aligns with the shape of an eye. I mean, it would be really, really easy as as for the blinds if they're. Horizontal blinds. Yeah, it'd be very easy for them to make that sort of bracket Take an eye, yeah. You'd only need some pressure on either, either side. Yeah. Not even some pressure, really. They could just be caught. Yeah. In fact, yeah, if one doesn't open all the way, it would yeah. make that, wouldn't it? And also, the black void is just darkness, isn't it, really? Yeah, for outside of a nice... Yeah, you know, if you look outside at something completely jet black, how what's the difference between that and a void? Well, yeah, if you can't see it, it's kind of a void. Exactly, it? yeah, yeah. Mm. So, I agree with you. Not scary. You didn't say that yourself, but I'm going to pick those words for you. Thanks. Not scary. Okay. But what was the name of the story again? Eye of the Blinds. The Eye of the Blinds. Oh, it's you... the Eye of the Blinds. It's the fear of the eye. It's almost like i just done that joke before. You yeah, edited it better. Okay. You picked a really weird part of the song to sing. Rising, the, what, the start? Oh yeah, yeah ugh, how weird. Rising yeah. up. Yeah, but it doesn't Scaring say Eye of the Blinds kids. first, does it? Alright then, Becca, well, as always, thank you for letting us into your corner. You are welcome. Thank you for visiting Reddit Corner with Becca. We'll be back next week. All going well. Okay, tatty bye. Bye, guys.